It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The 96 Bulls winning 72 games, the 01 Lakers going 15 and 1 through the playoffs, and the Toronto Raptors taking down the very short-handed Charlotte Hornets adorned with players like JT Thor and Leaky Black. That's a guy we talk about this great achievement alongside the other great achievements in NBA history on today's show. Thanks so much for hanging. Oh, like cuz when I shot I expected to make it. So like I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first of the Hail Mary 3 by Mopey. Get that garbage out of here. What's going on and welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Tuesday, December the 19th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the website. That's busted at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors. And of course, you can join us in the Locked On Raptors Discord server, a great place to come hang out during wins, during losses, during off days where trade speculation is rampant. It's an awesome spot to come and hang out. We would love to see you join us over there on the Discord. Again, it's free to join. Link in the description. Would love to see you. Become part of our little listener family. Also, of course, you can find the show for free wherever you get your podcast. Please subscribe, follow, rate, review, tell a friend to support the show. It's always appreciated. And we are, of course, on YouTube. You can subscribe to the channel, hit the little notification bell. And when you do that, you're going to get a heads up every single time the show goes live, which is a wonderful thing, especially if you're one of our everydayers out there. And if you're not an everydayer yet, what are you doing? This Raptors team is so compelling and good. You should listen to every episode, okay? All right, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. And we are off and running here on this episode, breaking down a 114 99 win over the very shorthanded Charlotte Hornets that seemed very much in the balance until the Raptors got it together in the fourth quarter, just to the nick of time. Uh, we could have been talking about another very depressing, but even more unforgivable loss to the Hornets. Instead, we're kind of talking about a bit of a depressing win over the Hornets. There were some good things. We will get into those good things, I'm sure. We'll talk about some bad stuff, of course, as well. We also got the hmm and all sorts of stuff. Plenty of lineup talk, I'm sure, as well. But here, first, we got to introduce him. It's Vivek Jacob wearing a cozy-looking sweater, fresh off a Christmas party, I understand. Big V, how the hell are you, man? Was your holiday spirit dampened at all by the first three quarters of this basketball game? Indeed it was, Sean. Indeed <laughs> it was. <laughs> now you're just in there stealing in presents from the less fortunate, scrooging it up, swimming in your pile of money, all because of the first three quarters of this basketball game. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, the good vibes were rolling. 
condo Christmas party, catching up with some neighbors. <laughs> Came home, watched that first quarter, seven turnovers. Yep. And just completely abysmal effort. I mean, you're talking about a Hornets team that is missing four starters. And to look like that, I mean, obviously, hey, why, why change the starting lineup? Why? Um, why would you? Right? It's really good <laughs> all the time. And it wins its minutes beautifully. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, watch that first half. Uh, you know, masterpiece of dog poo-poo, I guess is what we have to call it. Uh, we can't cuss on you here. should say, you texted me. I'll just pull up the text from uh, halftime of the game uh, where I was catching up on PVR. So I hadn't quite seen the first half. And you said, uh, I am too pissed about the first half to like this second half. And earlier on, what did you say? Um, what was before that? Oh, come on now. Come on now. I had the text here. I legit don't care about what they do in the second half. That was your message to me when I said I'm about to start the game on PVR behind. Uh, yeah, it was rough stuff. I was expecting them to be down by like 20. Somehow being down four felt worse because uh, it did not feel like they deserved to be only down four. But hey, they got a win. So that's nice. Uh, did you have a big takeaway from this game as a whole, Big V? We know the beginning was bad. We know the starters are bad. We're going to talk about the starters coming up unless you just want to get to it out of the gate here um maybe we just get to it out of the gate your big takeaway is related to the starting lineup i'm sure as it's been uh for i think both of us on every single episode of this podcast for the last month as the starting lineup has stunk it up uh now has to be the time for the change right yeah 100 <laughs> percent. look if, if masai and bobby can keep doing the same thing over and over if darko can keep throwing out that same lineup over and over we can show up here and keep saying the same thing over and over. Mm -hmm. Change the damn starting lineup. It doesn't work. Yep. It's not good. It, like, well, There's nothing left to learn is the thing, right? Like, like the whole thing is, oh, this season's about learning stuff. Guess what? We learned that part. Let's learn something new. Let's change yeah. to a new chapter of the season and let's see oh i don't know a lineup where gary trent jr is involved where he gets to play with the three best players on the team if only there were a history of that being extremely successful both in previous years and of course this season where that lineup of og pascal and uh scotty barnes alongside gary trent jr with whatever fifth guy you want has been nails in every single minute it's played basically so far uh, and of course, tonight, no different. Our pal Kirtika, of course, the queen of Raptors stats on Twitter, uh, pointing out that that lineup was a plus 19 and 13 minutes played together tonight of those four guys plus Dennis Schroeder, who otherwise had a bad game. But when you put Dennis Schroeder in a proper context, he even is passable as your lead guard. Yeah, I, I don't know what we're doing with the starting lineup anymore. I don't see the what you're gaining out of keeping on rolling it out if you're trying to build habits or whatever it's been build the foundation the foundation you're building with this is made of play-doh it's not a good foundation i understand for you know 10 15 games wanted to go you know what like yeah let's stick with this to see if we can iron out the kinks let's see if we can build a foundation kind of have a set identity to our team and then layer stuff in make some changes as we learn stuff there but now it's been 26 games and the starters have been bad for all of all but like four of them. Yet their numbers have been ballooned by how good they were in those games. And I guess the opinion in the mind of Darko Ryakovic has also ballooned that been ballooned by those games as well. It's baffling to me, man. Um, of course, Jakob Pertl. Yeah, go ahead. What you got? 
No, I was going to ask you, do you think on some level there's th this can't, this hasn't changed because of front office pride? Like, oh, we just signed this center to this deal. We just, you know, traded a, a first round pick uh, and sacrificed to get this guy. We just let our, fur, our our point guard walk for nothing and signed a mid-level exception guy. We simply must play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like... I don't know, man. It's it's so weird. It's so weird because, I mean, the only part of it that's not weird is the fact that, like, it maintains the overall theme of just not knowing what is going on right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, it's frustrating. Um, and, and then seeing first quarters play out like that just compounds the frustration. Like, seven turnovers in the first quarter. They only have 10 the rest of the way. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and like it shows when like against the Hornets team that you required like just merely an adequate adequate level of effort mm -hmm. that's basically what happened in the second half you you end up winning the game by 15 plus yeah yeah and and that's the way it should have been right out the gate but no uh, and, and, you know, the one thing I was kind of hoping for, you know, I said, I, I didn't really care about what happened in the second half. The one thing that I was curious to see is, Hey, is the starting lineup maybe going to change for the start of the second half? Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> you fool, you, you seen this team? No way. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. Um, but the positive was that Gary came in fairly early in that third quarter. And mm -hmm. obviously he saw, uh, a ton of playing time the rest of the way and played very well and yeah hopefully his first career double double is a good sign and hopefully mm -hmm. that is the type of thing that can you know push uh darko over the edge and changing the lineup it'd be really nice i know i understand like oh well, gary's been having a rough go of it he had like an over six game or whatever it is you can't move him to the starting lineup after that i think making any decision based off one game is pretty faulty decision making process but you know we could leave that aside uh hopefully a game like this that just sort of shows the effect he can have playing alongside the best raptors and vice versa like the best raptors players inform how gary trent jr plays as well when he's not being miscast as like a number two offensive option in a lineup he's at liberty to be himself and finish plays he's the trigger man he doesn't have to do much else it's great it works and you mentioned just sort of how frustrating it is watching the starters it's even more frustrating knowing that they have these lineups they can go to that are good like and in growing samples too obviously not massive samples because it's just not been given any runway to work but they have lineups that work well when gary trent jr is on the floor gary trent jr is part of three of the top four lineups for the toronto raptors so far this season uh you know the the starters not good he's not involved there but the one where you swap in gary for uh scotty barnes that line has been very good dennis gary scotty pascal yak no og a plus 7.7 .7 net rating a plus 7.5 for the previous one both of those lineups at near 100 minutes 100 possessions or more on cleaning the glass like when gary trent jr is on the floor the team makes more sense because the team makes sense when they're shooting around pascal siakam and scotty barnes full stop that's just how this works and the fact that the whole team hasn't seemed to realize this just yet blows my mind obviously the shooting options are limited but you're hampering yourself by not putting at least 
one of your shooting options of your very few to choose from alongside your best players for long stretches of games. And, you know, we'll get into Yaka Pirtle. We'll talk about him coming up in a sec. We'll talk about Dennis Schroeder. We will continue the lineup talk because uh, those two dudes obviously are the guys you got to pick between here if you're changing the starting lineup. We'll talk about them. We'll talk about their good and bad elements well, alongside the best Raptors coming up. We got the good, the bad, and the coming up later. But yeah, this feels like kind of the breaking point, considering that they won this game by just not playing the starting lineup. What more information do you need? We will examine that further coming up in just one second. But first, I to tell you about our good friends over at Prize Picks, the single best way to play daily fantasy sports you got to go check him out right now it's basically as daily fantasy sports should be it's not you against an expert some hidden person in a basement or a thousand other teams that you have no idea what they're going to be no it's you against the projections provided by prize picks and whether the players on your entry up to two between two and six players will get more or less than their projections in a game on a given night it's super easy. And with basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players with two or different stats from two or different leagues. That is pretty sweet. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even when one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games. If you got a player who gets hurt in the first half and doesn't come back for the second, that player is rebooted, meaning Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. That's pretty sweet. This is why you got to go check them out, baby. Uh, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA with the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks with prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date locked on nba Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. It seems Big V and I are feeling a little spicy tonight uh, after watching a game. Again, a 15-point win. It's like, that's great on paper, but man, do they not come any less inspiring than that? Do they come? Yeah, I think I got it right with the double negatives there. Whatever. It was not an inspiring basketball game. Uh, so <laughs> let's continue the conversation because there is only one thing to talk about on this team until it's changed because it is the thing that is holding us back from learning anything about this team of any sort of note at this point. It is the starting lineup. We dug into it. Um, Yaka Pirtle, Dennis Schroeder. I think a lot of people will point to Yak and say, ah, oh, 15 minutes in this game. He was really bad. He was a minus 12. He's the weak link. You got to start Dennis and go small in the starting lineup. I think sometimes that might be true. I also think that Dennis Schroeder has his drawbacks as well. Some pretty horrible turnovers. We'll get into it in my bad, but some of the very worst point of attack defense I've seen from a Raptors guard since Mike James. Uh, it's not great right now for either of those guys especially when they're together this is i think what's happening is both of those guys on their own in the right context perfectly good players in, in asked to do the things that they're capable of when you put them together with the context of this team neither of them make any sense and they feed into each other's worst things as well i would argue you know dennis is driving into all sorts of you know lanes where there's not any space because there's not a spacing big man he's working with he and Yak have okay chemistry, not great chemistry in the pick and roll. 
Um, we know Dennis likes to throw really silly passes and have turnovers quite a bit, at least lately. That's just kind of a thing he's been doing of late. Um, and, you know, for Yach, you know, he works when he's got like a pull-up shooter playing with him. And Dennis Schroeder is anything but that. Um, it's both of these guys have their own struggles. I think on defense, Dennis's really bad point of attack defense feeds into Yaka Pirtle really struggling as a rim protector because he's asked to be on an island as Dennis Schroeder is eight feet behind the play trying to catch up and never catching up. Where are you at trying to decide between these two if you're Darko Ryakovic, if you are in fact a Darko and examining the idea of a change in the starting lineup, um, which fingers crossed, maybe it's a Christmas miracle for all of us. But um, where are you at with, with those two guys and their sort of role in the struggles and their role in the solution being one of them moving to the bench? Yeah, I think at this point, the other thing that you're trying to juggle is, you know, how much are you putting on Scotty if... Yeah if he's the full-time five. And mm -hmm. I wonder if there's just a way to pick and choose between the nights that you bench Yak and the nights that you bench Dennis. What a world this would be. <laughs> Lineup variability dependent on matchup. Wow. Yeah. And, and so, <laughs> yeah, if you've got one of those traditional bigs or, you know, you look at someone like a Joel Embiid who is obviously going to be very physically demanding, then yeah, go with Yak, right? And then if you've got Nights where you feel like you can run and gun a little bit and uh, take advantage of Scotty and it won't put too much uh, pressure on him, uh, then I think you roll with that, right? Like, obviously, uh, I think the interesting thing is when you come up against the Nuggets, mm -hmm. where traditionally over the last few years, the Raptors have liked to match OG with him. Yep. If, uh, if you match OG with Jokic, then you know okay why not just go small then right uh yeah. why not have scotty uh be kind of guard aaron gordon yeah. Right? Yeah. Like the, yeah yeah exactly over technically that be the was small ball in their last matchup last year yeah yeah uh, and so i think that that might be an opportunity for yak to come off the bench so yeah why not why not let it be a matchup thing where sometimes it's dennis sometimes it's yak um and then you just go from there and, and just see how that looks yeah, I, I think that's the answer, right? It's both of these guys have things they can offer depending on the matchup. I, I, I'm not even against the idea of Yach playing as more of like a, a low man sort of rover off of Aaron Gordon either, right? Like that worked in that matchup they had last year. But yeah, maybe, maybe this is where you unleash, you know, Scotty OG Pascal is your, your front court. You go small, you go super athletic, and you hope you can bother Jokic and kind of get out to shooters and rotate that way. It, it's tough, right? You don't want to obviously gear your entire team around, can we stop Nikola Jokic with this? Because uh, that's a one-way track to being very disappointed. But um, yeah, I, I think the matchup thing matters. And I think like the counter from like the coach, the coach's argument here would be, well, like you gotta, you can't change the hierarchy of the team willy nilly like this and just like pluck out the point guard based on the matchup, right? And I get that to an extent, but if only there were a way to do that every night anyway and have Dennis Schroeder less on the ball, right? Like I, I know that he, that's his whole thing. He likes to be on the ball. I know he's the natural point guard. I know Scotty Barnes. There were plenty of examples even tonight against the Hornets where like he's not a natural point guard. There's a lot of times where his handle gets him in trouble. He can't quite turn the corner on guys. That's fine. He has other ways of working around it. Um, but I think between him and Pascal, there's more than enough creation as the two central hubs of your offense to make it work if you don't have Dennis Schroeder out there 
considering what Dennis Schroeder does mostly effectively is hit, catch, and shoot threes. That's the thing he's been driving so much of his value for this season. When the catch and shoot threes aren't falling, it's just a lot of kind of over dribbly, not very good or well-run possessions that end in like bricks, uh, you know, from 18 feet or whatever it might be. Like that's not working anyway. So if you change the night to night understanding that it's Scotty and Pascal running the show, then you can way more easily toggle between Schroeder and Pirtle, I would argue, just without upsetting the apple cart, as it were. Um, while also still giving those main guys, Scotty and Pascal, an actual chance to go and run the offense because the best spacing guy who historically they have played incredibly well with and the sort of symbiosis between those two guys and Gary Trent Jr. has always been good. That feels like a way to ease the burden of those guys now becoming the main two guys running the offense. Um, uh, I don't know, man. Like, What are the drawbacks to you? Are, are there any drawbacks at this point of just trying something new? Because I just I don't think we're learning anything new. And I feel like it's wasting time. It's it's just pissing very precious information gathering time down the drain. And look, it's the first season for Darko Ryakovich. We are not going to know whether Darko Ryakovich is a good coach this season, maybe for a while. There's a lot to work with. He's got a weird roster. He's working around. You can only make so much lemonade out of a bucket of uh, watermelons. But like, there's clearly got to be some change and a little bit less stubbornness, stubbornness from his his end too, right? Like, at, at what point do we start questioning like how Darko is part of the problem here as well? I don't. It, it sounds ridiculous. He's like two months into the job. It's a hard job. There's learning on the fly. We get it, but at some point, like you got to read the room, man, and like just th- do the thing. They always win the minutes when they do the different thing, but they're not doing the different thing. And this is now the second time that I've gotten very high-voiced and screechy with you on a podcast talking about this very thing in the last week. Yeah. (laughs) So in terms of drawbacks, like it would maybe be, oh, if you're potentially looking at using Yak in a deal, like maybe his value goes down, you know, because you're kind of admitting that, hey, you know, he's, he's a very specific uh role guy and and that's kind of what it boils down to right it's you're not really talking about it in terms of hey does this hurt the team right at this point this has been so bad in terms of the starts for the raptors that the on-court downside is hard to see mm-hmm. and so um i think yak from uh you know a personality standpoint is someone who you know, obviously as a competitor, he'll be like, damn, you know, but I think his personality suggests that he's the type that he's all about winning. And it's like, oh, okay, if this helps us get off to better starts and we play better, then I'm all for it, you know? Um, and I think that makes it easier as well, as opposed to maybe someone who might become of a bit of a malcontent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think the downsides are just like peripheral stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, at this point, again, you have to be at the point. You, you've been past the point where it's time to just see if there's something different that can work. Because yeah, it can't get much worse than this. Again, a Hornets team that was down four starters. And you came out looking just completely flat, turning the ball over not playing a lick of defense like the writing is so beyond being on the wall (laughs) (laughs) yeah man i don't i don't 
other than yeah there's obviously the internal politics part of it you got to figure that out but like again i've said this now for a couple of weeks you cannot be making your very important decisions in an important season where you're trying to learn stuff around the guy who's your two-year stopgap point guard i just you can't you really really can't i i yaka you know dude's paid i don't think he's gonna be all that upset if he's coming off the bench and still playing 24 minutes a game or whatever right like yeah don't see that being too much of a concern like you said he's a team dude he's a he's a he's a wheel greaser all that stuff i, I don't really see that being a problem and frankly like maybe we're unfairly casting aspersions on a dennis Schroeder too maybe he'll totally understand the dude's been a six-man plenty in his career right like Maybe we're just assuming there's going to be this friction because Dennis Schroeder has a reputation that precedes him, but like that might be unfair as well. We'll never know unless we see the bloody change, though, and I'd like to get that information too, I guess. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. hey, if, if Darko loves guys who smile, Gary smiles every time he takes a jumper. We've Loving seen the it. smiles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... uh. I don't like talking about the same thing every day, Big V. It's really irritating. But uh, after every game, it's just, oh, well, this is the thing we have to talk about again because it's just slapping you in the face is a thing that does not work. Uh, well, it's hard to change yeah. what we talk about when the front office and the coach are just doing the same thing over and over again. So we're left yeah. talking about the same thing over and over again. It's very true. Welcome to the Groundhog Day podcast. <laughs> we'll come back on the other side. We'll get into the good, the bad, and the hmm. Speaking of things that we do all the time, uh, that's actually a fun thing with fresh ideas. So we'll get to that. We're not going to talk, talk about the starters once at all in the back part of the show. We will do that momentarily. Before we do that, however, got to tell you, about our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all the land. You got to go check them out right now because as the weather warmed up by the fire or the, the hot cocoa, no, you want to get warmed up by those hot NFL offers on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bones if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action right now. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Why don't you go try to take the over on minutes played for every member of the Toronto Raptors starting five? That would get you a lot of money, at least at various points this season. Hopefully not in the future, but uh, you know they've got same-game parlays as well. So maybe a game's coming up, Raptors, Nuggets. Maybe you want to put a little uh, on on the, the over on OG Ananobi steals against Nikola Jokic. He's had big steals games in the past. Throw that in with some points for Scotty Barnes, assists for Pascal Siakam. You might be cooking, baby. The Raptors tend to play pretty all right against the Denver Nuggets in recent years. Maybe that will re repeat itself this coming Wednesday. Maybe you can win some bucks with Fandle in the presentable.com slash on a kickoff. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, rounding out the show here. Vivek Jacob, Sportsnet, the internet is here as we break it all down following the 114.99 Raptors win over the Hornets. Just a heads up, uh, reminder, Locked On Sports Today, 24-7, the first of its kind, 24-7 daily podcast streaming 
channel. We got locked on national shows and the local shows covering the biggest stories and biggest games all over there every single day at Locked On Sports Today 24-7. I promise you the Raptors Hornets game recap podcast will not be on Locked On Sports Today 24-7 tomorrow. Uh, so there's no risk of seeing me again. Uh, that's good. You know, you maybe want to see Big V twice. He's a handsome fellow. He's rocking a nice sweater. So maybe you want to do that. Just listen, just come back and watch this again uh, on the same Locked On Raptors channel if you must. Either way, let's continue on here. The good, the bad, and the hmm, Big V. Surrounded out. What you got for your good tonight? I, I think the easy choice is Scotty or Pascal, but I think mm-hmm. first career double double. I'm gonna give it to Gary. Um, there you go. I think uh, this is. I don't think we've been waiting on this type of performance because I don't think you're expecting a double double from Gary ever. Um, mm-hmm. But I think to have the scoring output that he did, um, and you know, got some good shots in rhythm, knocked them down. That's what you want to see. Then you throw in the rebounding. Yeah, I, I think I'll roll with him uh, as great as Scotty and Pascal were. Five of seven on twos for Gary Trent Jr. Uh, a really, really great sight for sore eyes because it had been grim for him from two-point range. This will probably balloon his percentages significantly considering how bad it's been uh, from two-point range of late. You know, nice, calm floaters in rhythm balance it's good to see uh my good it's a specific thing with scotty barnes scotty in general awesome in this game 22 17 and 7 uh he goes 7 to 14 hits his customary at least one three because that's just what scotty barnes does now apparently um obviously pascal was great too but the scotty thing for me that stood out Scotty is the low man. Scotty at the rim. He was a monster in this game. He had a couple called back as well as gold tens that maybe they were fine calls and like to the letter of the law. But also those refs are joy thieves because those were incredible blocks that should count because they ruled. Uh, either way, three blocks total for, for Scotty. And like this is how you justify going small. This is the argument for benching Yak and keeping Dennis Schroeder in there is Scotty Barnes is like rebounding like a maniac 17 boards in this game yeah he got beat on a few situations where he didn't box out and offensive rebounds were collected not as bad an offensive rebounding um you know not as bad a game for allowing offensive boards as it was on friday against the hawks for the raptors in this one but you know still some missteps there but still you get 17 boards out of scotty barnes you're laughing and then you're getting those blocks and you're getting that help at the rim and just like the deterrence at the rim that Jakob Pertl, frankly, wasn't offering tonight. Uh, that is massive. So shout out Scotty Barnes. He was amazing. Obviously, the offensive exploits for him always get the love. But um, we haven't seen a ton of like really high-level Scotty Barnes, low man, incredible highlight reel stuff, I would say, over the last couple weeks. Nice to see a return to the early season form for him where he was just blocking every single thing in sight. That's great to see. What was your bad from this game? I mean... you can't say the starters again that is off the table (laughs) yeah i mean i i think this was a rough one for malachi i think uh when you look at especially you know avoiding the starters okay they have the start that they did but when the bench comes in you know you're thinking okay can you get some kind of lift here that initial stretch where he was on the court with i mean boucher and precious were struggling just as much early Mm -hmm. uh in that shift and yeah, it's just a tough, tough game for Malachi. This was very much, you know, uh, one of those. He just does not look like an NBA rotation player um, kind minutes. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, he will be my bad for tonight. You know, there was a moment there this year where it looked like Malachi Flynn was like 
kind of putting it together. Maybe. Oh, we had a couple times. We were like three weeks in a row. We were like, this is the best game Malachi Flynn's ever played in his career. He's had a couple here and there where it's looked okay. I know we had 11 points in that Hawks game Friday, but like no one, no one should be happy about anything that happened in that Hawks game Friday. It's been a lot of not a whole lot of much out of Malachi Flynn of late. This continues the trend. And actually, he's part of my bad. I mentioned it a little bit, but the guard defense in this game, man, just embarrassing. And this has been a recurring trend. And look, Gary Trent Jr. had himself a nice game on the offensive end of the floor. Some just nasty, nasty blow-bys by guys in this game. Dennis Schroeder, man, I've made a point of trying to watch Dennis's screen navigation, specifically in the first half of this game. The dude's just lost right now, man. He is getting hit by... He's, like, running into guys because he seems to just want, like, the embrace of another human. It's, like, seems to be what he's doing. He's not sticking with the play. He's getting hit hard. He's not fighting over screens. When he's going under, he's still getting lost kind of in the forest of bodies and getting, you know, kind of beaten on the other side. It's just really bad right now. For a guy who started the season as a really decent point of attack pest, it's now at the point where, you know, I know we had our misgivings about Fred Van Vliet's point of attack defense by the end of last year, but this is he's way worse now than Fred ever was at any point last season. It's been a long stretch of Dennis not offering much at the point of attack. It's causing everything to fall apart for the defense, much like it did last year when Fred was having his worst moments as a, as a lead defender as well. And Dennis does not offer the iron fists and dig downs that Fred Van Vliet does. And frankly, if he did, I don't know if Darko Ryakovich would be asking for him to do them because there's not a whole lot of help on the back end. When you have a defense that's not very liberal with the help, and your point of attack guy is getting crushed. You're leaving your bigs on an island, and they're just, again, on an island. It's really tough to live that way, man. Um, they got to either sort of change things up and you know try to hide Dennis on some guys or change the scheme to offer a little bit more help because it just is needed right now because Dennis Schroeder is not getting it done to the point of attack. Malachi Flynn, neither. Gary Trent Jr., not good stuff. Uh, boy, <laughs> going back to my Friday fake trade, give me Emmanuel quickly and Quentin, Quentin Grimes, man, please. This is like any backcourt defense would be a delight. Um, all right, Big V, what was your hmm from this game? So as, as far as a hmm goes, uh, I think this is more hope than anything. Yeah. It's just the hope that, hey, did Gary give you enough in this game to say sure. hey you know maybe now this is the license to try something different you know yeah. and, and uh maybe it's the him is okay can we get this for three four more games right mm -hmm. and then it's like okay now you're really like banging down the door saying three four more games man really <laughs> you're gonna do this to me christmas time what hey <laughs> I'm 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 lowering my expectations because we've now seen this for a quarter of the season. Yeah. For all, all I know, Darko is going to be like, "Yo, you got to give me this for twenty more games." <laughs> oh man, uh, God, please no. This was going to be my hmm, by the way, but I've gotten hmm heard yes, far too many bang times. down the door. <laughs> yes. Uh, this was going to be my hmm, but I, yeah, I've gotten burned too many times having this as my hmm this season. Like, oh, is this the thing that spawns change for the starters and it's not come true? So I'm not going to be that fool again. Yeah, you won't get me. Fool me nine times. That something, something fool. That's me or whatever. Um, my hmm is 
Precious Achua, man. Second time in a couple weeks now that I'm hmming Precious Achua. Precious, I'm hmm. Precious will do that to you. Once every podcast late at night. Um, The thing is, it's not just been like once in a while. He At this point, over the last three, four weeks, it kind of feels like the game where he's a total mess have been more the exception to the rule. And he'll have pockets of games where he's a mess. This is the poster coaster experience. He's going to do posters and he's going to ride the roller coaster. And inevitably, there are downturns in that roller coaster. Sometimes on the poster coaster, you're going to smack your knees against the old wooden front and it's going to be very painful. But ultimately, you had a pretty good time at the end of the day. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at with Precious now. I think as much as Gary was awesome tonight, I think Precious is the like the guy I trust the most off the bench right now to just kind of give me something that I can set my watch to. And, you know, the threes obviously been kind of up and down. Some have been falling. It's been nice. Uh, but I just feel like he's offering really strong defense. I thought in this game, easily the guy who was like most locked in with rotations and kind of getting out to sort of contest or, or you know, kind of directing traffic even from the middle was really encouraging to see. And then when he's like throwing down ridiculous two hand dunks, how can you not be wooed by Precious Achua? It's a uh, Precious Awoo in that situation. Let's just keep on going, baby. Um, yeah, I- I'm uh, I'm very in on the Precious thing right now. Having a lot of fun watching him, and I feel like he's kind of figuring things out. Um, but again, it's only hmm worthy because it's Precious Achua. Things can go wrong very quickly. We know this, but we also know that there's some good stuff in there, and we've seen a lot more of the good stuff of late. In my estimation big v we're gonna leave it there we've done lots of ranting and raving tonight i feel like it ended up being a pretty entertaining podcast at least so that's good uh do you have anything you want to promote for the good people out there uh usual stuff Sportsnet and uh twitter <laughs> <laughs> that really good place we're gonna leave it there uh thank you so much for tuning in of course follow subscribe to rate review Tune in uh, by subscribing on the YouTube and hitting the notification bell so you never miss episodes. That's always appreciated. And we, of course, will talk to you again on Wednesday now. So, yeah, should note, programming note, missed Monday show, life stuff happened. It's good life stuff, but it happened. So Tuesday's this episode. Wednesday, we're going to have Dave Dufour on the show. He's going to talk about why the defense is so poopy. This is a man who is an assistant coach of a national basketball team, the Georgia national basketball team, in addition to his work at The Athletic. We're going to talk defense with Dave, and it's going to be great. We obviously got Katie coming up later this week. Jamar will be along, and I'll probably have a Saturday episode this week as well. So just keep uh, an eye out for that um, just to make up for the lost show on Monday. So anyway, I I over-explained the rest of the week. We'll leave it there. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday, another episode of Lockdown Raptors. Bye-bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.